Hello and welcome everyone to the Almost Awesome Podcast. I'm your host Tanner Rain, and today I wanted to have a fun episode where I talk about the worst comic book series I have ever read in my life. Uh, this is going to be a shorter podcast, and I'm not going to make it a full-on review uh, like my some of my other podcasts. So this one I just wanted to be fun, almost like a book club, where I tell you about a comic, hopefully you might uh, go uh, buy it, even though I think it's the worst thing. Um, but the comic book I want to talk about today is something that was done by Marvel, and it's kind of hard to talk about unless you know the full context, and I'm going to try and give you enough backstory on this comic so you understand why it's so bad. So I am talking about the comic book series Ultimatum, and this was a Marvel comic done in the Ultimate Marvel imprint. Uh, not imprint, uh, print. Um... And this was essentially the end of the Ultimate Marvel line. Now, uh, the Ultimate Comics, a little bit of backstory on them. They were an attempt by Marvel to reimagine their current Marvel Universe in order to accommodate for new, uh, new readers. And this was done back in the uh, early years of the 2000s. And like I said, it was meant to bring on new readers, give it a fresh start, fresh storyline, so you didn't have to know the entire continuity of these characters. And the Ultimate Comics were amazing. I grew up with them, and it was it was awesome, because it first started off with Ultimate Spider-Man, which is, of course, my favorite superhero. And uh, it was, yeah, it was great, because it started off fresh. It started off with everything... Uh, that you needed to know, like with Uncle Ben dying, Peter um, getting s uh, bit by the radioactive spider, but it made it into a more of a cohesive narrative uh, that made it easier for new readers to latch onto. It wasn't just like uh, they just made a weekly issue and then just over time bigger plot lines started happening, you know, like how it is in most comics where big bombastic storylines they kept it very uh very neat clean very singular um with these early comics and they even did it with the x-men which were also great ultimate x-men and ultimate spider-man i loved growing up on these comics and the most popular series that came out of ultimate marvel were what was called the ultimates which was the ultimate marvel version of the avengers and these comics were essentially what the Avengers uh, movies were based off of. It's where they got the idea for uh, Nick Fury to be played by Samuel L. Jackson, because he was famously or portrayed as a white person, and in the Ultimate Comics, they based his likeness off of Samuel Jackson. And so that's why he plays him in the movies, which was awesome. Um... But yeah, and you can still get the Ultimate Comics today, and I do recommend reading those if you've ever wanted to get into Spider-Man, X-Men, uh, like the Avengers. Uh, they're great comics to get into. Now, Ultimatum was the end of these comics. It was literally designed to be the end to uh, 
just like stop a lot of the story prints um, by me by killing off a majority of the characters. Oh, but Tanner, I hear you saying, don't superheroes die all the time? Wouldn't they just come back in later issues? Weren't they all killed by magic time bullets and then brought back by suspended animation? Which is a real thing that happened in comic books. That's how Captain America died. And it's as stupid as it sounds. I'm sorry for any background noise. I'm battling against airplanes that keep flying overhead. I live right by an airport, so I apologize about that. So I'm trying to pause the audio every time they pass over, and it's annoying. Um, but yeah. And this comic was an attempt to kind of relaunch some of the other comics and sort of kind of end other ones. So what exactly happened in this comic? Why is it the worst? Now that I've given you this backstory, so let me give you a, just a brief synopsis of what happened uh, in this comic. So, the main threat of this story is that Magneto, the famous X-Men villain from many of the movies uh, that you might know, he get, oh, first of all, in one of the previous issues of Ultimates, Magneto's children, uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, who you might, if you're unfamiliar with the comics, they're the characters in the Age of Ultron movie uh, and uh, Days of Future Past for the X-Men movies. But they are both killed in the previous issue. Uh, and this causes Magneto to go insane with rage. And he decides that he is going to destroy humanity. And to do this, he has gotten a hold of Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, he uses his magnetic powers to get a hold of it, and then he uses its weather-changing abilities to cause a massive tidal wave to crash into New York City. So already, that's a majorly interesting premise. And this is post-9-11 New York, so it was pretty crazy at the time that this was happening. I thought this was sort of like a taboo subject. But this tidal wave does actually kill off a lot of characters. It kills off a lot of X-Men. It kills off Beast, uh, who had died in a previous issue of X-Men, uh, Ultimate X-Men. Uh, and they made a pretty big deal when he died. And then they did bring him back later, which was kind of like, eh, but I was like happy to have him back. Uh, but he was like the only death that had happened uh, for a while. So it was like, eh, you can kind of get away with it. But they kill him off, they kill off Dazzler, they kill off Nightcrawler, and they leave a lot of their storylines left dangling. Captain America and Valkyrie drowned in the tidal wave, and Thor had to go to hell to get their souls back, but he has to make a deal with Hela, the goddess of death, that only life can pay for death, so he has to stay there for them both to get revived, but I don't know how his soul equals that of both Captain America and Valkyrie. And then when Valkyrie wakes up from being dead, she's in the middle of being molested by Mastermind and some other dude, which is really dark and fucked up and not what I was expecting 
in a comic book and kind of wished wasn't in there. I don't know why it had to be in there. And it it just kind of went downhill from there. Like, they just... Every issue was someone else dying. All these supervillains start having a field day with the superheroes. Uh, Doctor Strange's villain, Dormammu, he gets released. And he kills Doctor Strange, who wasn't a big character in Ultimate Marvel, but still. He gets killed by, like... He, Dormammu wraps, like, his cape around his neck. And he, like, squeezes him so hard that his head just explodes and they and the artist shows this and it's really disturbing um an, one of the most uh, the other most disturbing thing in this comic is giant man and the wasp now uh in the movies for those of you familiar with the movies ant-man and the wasp Ant-Man is Scott Lang, who is portrayed by Paul Rudd, and the Wasp is played by uh, Hope Pym, who is the daughter of Hank Pym. Now, famously, in both Ultimate Marvel and the regular Marvel continuity, Hank Pym is actually kind of abusive towards his wife Janet, who was the original Wasp, and both were original members of the Avengers and vice versa, the Ultimates. But for some reason, Janet still goes back to him in the Ultimate Comics, um, which is kind of weird. They, she kind of just accepts that she's her, he's her husband. That never really gets resolved, and they keep going back to each other, which I th thought was kind of weak. But during the Ultimatum, she gets lost in the tidal wave. So Hank Pym uh, and Hawkeye go to find her. And they actually find her dead body being devoured by the supervillain, the Blob, who's just this big, fat guy with super strength. But he's eating her, and we're not even sure if he was just eating her dead body, or if he killed her, and, uh, then ate her body, or was eating her alive. But the point is, they actually show this in the comic panel, and it's horrific. And it was so disturbing as a teenager to see that. And it was very off-putting. And it was so mean-spirited. And that's kind of my point, is that all of these superheroes were getting unceremoniously killed off for just shock value. But it doesn't stop there. Magneto confronts Charles Xavier at one point, and they argue, and then Magneto actually kills Charles Xavier by, like, snapping his neck. Uh, Angel from the X-Men, uh, his girlfriend Dazzler gets killed. Uh, I think I might have mentioned that uh, during the Ultimatum Wave. And he goes to try and, like, kill Magneto near the end of the series, and he gets ambushed by Sabretooth, another popular villain, and he gets his rings... Or his rings, his wings ripped off his body and partially eaten by Sabretooth. And I'm just like, what's with all this sudden cannibalism? I, I, I don't get it. Um, did the writer have a weird fetish that he was living out that nobody was warned about before he started writing? And then they're just like, uh, well, we need to end this, so just turn it out and make it fast. It, it was so off-putting. Um, Hank Pym, after his wife is killed, he bites off the head of the blob, killing him, and then, uh, the supervillain, uh, Multiple Man is 
using a bunch of his multiple clones, that's his superpower, and he's dropping bomb vests to them, and he's and he starts commencing suicide attacks uh, by blowing up his clones. And so Hank Pym just kind of loads himself up with a bunch of, of his clones, walks into the ocean, and they detonate, killing him, but he kind of saves a few people by doing that, but he's he gets killed, and Wolverine, in an attempt to stop Multiple Man, goes to find the original uh, Multiple Man, finds out it's a kid that's being manipulated to do as much by Magneto, and Wolverine ends up killing him. So we can add child murder to this. Can't wait for that action figure in Toy Stores. Jesus, it's it's so mean-spirited. Um, and it didn't stop there. Um, so after all of this death that keeps happening, all the superheroes band together what's left of them to go fight Magneto. And the series ends, the, or the confrontation ends, with Magneto... Like directing one of Iron Man blasts and Cyclops blasts towards Wolverine, kind of almost burning him alive. He's all like smoky, but Wolverine still manages to stab him in the heart, and then Magneto just just freaking obliterates him. Which I don't know why he didn't just throw out that power when he first fought Wolverine in the first volume, but he can do that, and that kills Wolverine. It, like all that's left, there's he like vaporizes him, which I'm not sure how magnetism does that, but whatever. But the only thing that's left of Wolverine is his hand and his claw that's still inside Wolverine, or is still inside Magneto. Um, but before he can finish him off, uh, Jean Grey arrives with Nick Fury, who was in a another dimension at the time. The comics still get weird. It's still comic books. It still got weird. Nick Fury was in another dimension. I don't know why, but he was. And then he uses Jean Grey's powers to imprint his memories onto Magneto to show him the truth. And that truth being that mutants are not an act of God or... The next stage in human evolution, they are a botched super soldier experiments. Uh, the same experiments that they tried to recreate the results of Captain America's powers. This was a botched experiment of that, and that's where mutants came from. How did that affect multiple people that were not part of a experiments? Who the fuck knows? That is just what they decided to say. And this breaks Magneto down. He's like, oh my god, I was wrong. It's like, uh, uh. And then he's like, uh, Charles, can you forgive me? And then Cyclops is like, nope. And he blasts his head off. So it's just like, okay, so... That was kind of a dumb reveal. And so they stop Magneto, and... I don't know whatever happens to Thor's hammer. Uh, he never Magneto never really uses that again. 
and everyone just kind of forgets about it. They also kind of forget about Wolverine's hand, and it just falls into the ocean. Uh, with one last panel that shows his hand like floating in the water, and then it starts to move, and it makes a fist while the claws are still in there. And then you're just like, oh yeah, Wolverine, like he's gonna come back, he's gonna get healed from all of that. Next, the final issue of Ultimate or Ultimatum, which was called Requiem, they show, nope, they show Kitty Pride has his animantium hand, and they say, oh yeah, all of his cells are dead. Uh, there's no way to bring him back. We can't, he can't heal, we can't revive him, can't be cloned. And, and they just throw him in one of the many graves that they have made for all of the X-Men. That's the other thing. Almost all of the X-Men are murdered out of this whole thing. That's like 20 plus characters, and then there's six left. Colossus, Iceman, Jean Grey, Kitty Pride, and Rogue. Everyone else is dead. So any X-Men that you can ever think of is dead. And uh, including Cyclops, who was killed in a previous issue, uh, warning like mutants like, okay, uh, the U.S. government's like taking a no-tolerance policy, uh, like zero tolerance for you comic book fans. But um, I'm asking all mutants to surrender or they're going to be shot on sight. Uh, just submit to the government. It's like, oh, okay, Cyclops, I thought the X-Men's whole point was protecting mutants, but I guess you're just like, yeah, fuck that. And then he gets shot in the head um, by Quicksilver because he... Oh, yeah, spoiler alert, Quicksilver's alive. I know you're probably wondering, but Tanner, didn't you say he was dead? Apparently not. He survived, and they never explained how he survived, but they thought it'd be cool if he ran a bullet through Scott's head. So Cyclops is killed, Quicksilver is revealed to be alive, but it's just like, my God. At that point, I just did not care, because now Cyclops like kind of betrayed the entire mutant race, at that point, and now mutants were being hunted down, and now we finally got the answer. Are mutants a gift from God, or are they in the next stage of human, evolu human evolution? Nope, it was a oops, all berries situation, where it was just an accident. So, that was stupid. And... So that was the end of Ultimate X-Men. It was also the end of Ultimate Fantastic Four, which I know I didn't talk about. Um, cause I never really read it, but, uh, for the Fantastic Four, they disband. Reed Richards tries to propose, propose to Susan Storm. She says no. And this leads to Reed Richards becoming a supervillain, uh, which is its own big thing, which was actually kind of cool. And there were cool comic book storylines that happened after Ultimatum, uh, almost in spite of it, but Ultimate Fantastic Four never recovered. They just became its own thing, and and I like how the Fantastic Four just kind of merged with other comic book storylines because I like the characters. I just never liked the Fantastic Four. Um, some of them, some characters joined uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but... Yeah, it, Ultimate Comics never fully recovered because killing off so many superheroes, they sort of lost faith with its audience. 
by just doing this big crossover event to end a lot of their storylines. They still continued for a while, but it never recovered from that slump, and they really only did it to themselves. There were so many storylines in X-Men and Spider-Man that were left uh, without any conclusion because they decided to do this comic to just kind of, all right, we're going to do a fresh starting point. They tried to do something with uh, the X-Men that was kind of similar to... They tried to pass it off as Ultimate Runaways. And Runaways is a, another comic book series by Brian K. Vaughn, who I like. But it was just this weird half-ass attempt where they try to get Jean Grey, who's kind of turning evil, and Wolverine's son. So it's just a bunch of eye-rolling stuff that I did not care about. And it just showed that they almost just didn't care about their reader base. They just wanted to shock everyone. So some good things came out of Ultimatum, but in spite of it, not because of it. We got the Miles Morales Spider-Man. We got the evil Reed Richards. We got a lot of things from the Ultimate Comics. And the Ultimate Comics served as a reimagining and a modern modernization of the Marvel Universe, which helped the movies, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, become what it is today because it helped make stories of these classic superheroes in a contemporary setting. And Ultimate Marvel was able to tell complex stories without resulting to shock value of death and rape of some of your favorite characters. The Ultimates talked about American imperialism in the Middle East, and Ultimate X-Men dealt with racism and prejudice against certain groups of people. It even dealt with homosexuality, how some mutants were still homophobic against other mutants, and they would have to deal with that. Ultimate Spider-Man dealt with what it was like you know, your feelings as a teenager growing up, dealing with being an outcast and having, you know, thinking about sex all the time. And these were great stories, and they were dealt by people who loved these characters and wanted to create, create good storylines for kids to grow up with. And then Ultimatum just comes along and does a complete Walking Dead where it was like, nah, but you guys just like your favorite characters getting killed off. Like, we want you to know we're edgy. Killing off your characters does not show that you are edgy, does not show that you are willing to shock your audience to show, like, no one is safe. That's not how you do it. It takes a lot more courage to have your characters live and change and evolve so we can see that change throughout the course of a series instead of just killing them in an attempt to reset a storyline and to add motivations for other characters. It shows that you don't have faith in these creations. And that's something audiences can pick up when you decide that you do not have faith in them or in the characters that they love. So I think that's where I'm going to end today's podcast. 
on sort of a downer note, but I hope you take away something from this, and I do really recommend reading these Ultimate Comics. You can still get them. Um, for Ultimate X-Men, I would read all up until uh, they deal with Apocalypse, and then just stop right there. Like, after the Ultimate Apocalypse storyline, it kind of ends just like on, on almost like a perfect note. That's where I decide that the story ends. It kind of ends with, like, all of the X-Men together. It ends in a big victory, and it's kind of a happy moment. Um, and I won't uh, spoil it, but it's it's a great story. Ultimate Spider-Man, I read up until uh, the death, before the death of Spider-Man, uh, that storyline, which is not a bad comic. I actually really liked it, and it helped introduce the Miles Morales Spider-Man. For the Ultimates, I would recommend Ultimates Volumes 1 and 2. Those are great comic books, uh, and I would definitely recommend picking those up. Um, Ultimate Fantastic Four, I wasn't a fan of it, but, you know, pick it up if you think about it. If you want to get into comic books, the and you want to know more about these characters that you see in the Marvel movies, I'd recommend picking them up. Uh, they're great because you don't need to know any of the big continuity. It creates a cohesive narrative for you. And it, those comics, they treat their readers with respect and dignity, knowing that they're going to pull the rug from under you and trick you into liking something. Like The Walking Dead does. Boom. I think that's a perfect place. Um, <laughs> so, yep, that is where I'm going to end today's podcast. Um, thanks for sticking around with me. And um, something that you can do on this app, Anchor, which is the web website and app that I use to host my podcast, you can leave comments or messages. Um, you can make it related to this video, uh, and I would be happy to read any questions or comments, because uh, I want to make this more of a discussion, make it more of like a movie or book club or something like that, and because I love talking about this stuff, and I hope that I can encourage you to be part of the discussion too. So go ahead and leave question, comments, uh, concerns, and help the channel grow by, uh, you know, you I have listener support, so you can donate to the podcast, which I would appreciate, and that would help this podcast grow and hopefully allow me to give you more content than just this. I am so excited about doing this podcast, and I want to do more with it, because uh, I want to do more than just talk to you about good stuff or bad stuff that I've seen. I want to create stuff for you, the listener. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great day.